Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. All right. Uh, Tonight I have a bit of a uh, strong subject, but I think that you will be encouraged by it. And hopefully it'll shed some light to your life as to what God is doing. God does not sleep, nor does he slumber. He does not get tired. He does not get weary. He does not take vacations. Amen? He is an ever-present help in a time of need. He's always there, 24-7. But sometimes when we see things happen in our world, we question what God is doing or why he's doing what he's doing or if he's doing anything at all. And so tonight, I want to teach a little bit on this subject, on the day that never arrives. On the day that never arrives. And I'm going to use a text from Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, which you are familiar with, which reads this way, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be, it does not say it is, it shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace, And once this happens, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Once the government is on his shoulder, everyone will be saying, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and that government will never end. But we're living in tumultuous times. We've heard that many times from this pulpit. And David saw it in his day. And I wanted to read to you how he felt when he saw it. And I want you, as I read this passage to you, I want you to see if this fits our day. Psalm 73 and 1. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of our clean heart. But he's very honest here and says, But as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped. I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. There are no bands in their death, their strength is firm, they're not in trouble as other men, they're not plagued like other men. Therefore, pride. Do you see any pride? Pride compasses them about as a chain. Violence. Do you see any violence? Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than their heart could wish. They are corrupt. They speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They even set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Swearing is normal for them. Therefore this people, his people, 
return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out of them. And this is what the world says. How does God know? Is there any knowledge in the Most High? Or there is no God at all? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world and increase in riches. Maybe I cleaned my heart in vain. Maybe I washed my hands in innocency. All day long have I been plagued and I'm chastened every morning. And if I say I will speak thus, behold, I would offend against the generation of your children. And when I thought to know all this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. This is the day that never has arrived. Surely you have set them in slippery places. You cast them down into destruction. How they are brought into desolation as a, in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors. And as a dream when one waketh so, o Lord, when thou wakest, thou shalt despise their image. Do you ever feel this way? David was very honest with what he said. And it's very easy to get caught up and, and discouraged with all that you're seeing. But I wanted to give you some news that maybe you, you are not familiar with. I want to give you some statistics. Uh, this is a year for census, uh, census in our country, but it's also a year for census in our churches. And so the figures that I'm about to give you only represent the United Pentecostal Church International. Not all of our apostolic brethren uh, or Penteco apostolic Pentecostals throughout the world, just the United Pentecostal Church International. These are the latest statistics. In the United States and Canada, we currently have 10,725 licensed ministers. We currently have 4,883 churches and we have 800,000 members in just the United States and Canada. Foreign ministers, that's an even stronger report than our own country. Foreign ministers, we have 30,626 missionaries. We have 37,557 works, and we have 4,474,121 people overseas. Praise God. This brings our total. Now, I'll give you this. The churches in America, contrary to what's happening in most of Christendom, we are up 10%. That's not where we want to be. But as a movement, we are up 10%, not down. In our foreign missions, we are up 200% over the last 10 years. 200%. So the total number of ministers in the United Pentecostal Church are 41,351. We have 42,000 440 works, 
and we have 5,274,121 people. You are not alone. Just as the prophet said, I'm the last one, the Lord said, no, I have 3,000 more that you're not aware of. Well, there's a lot more than that in this number. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements will melt with a fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. That will be the day that never has finally arrived. And seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be in holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heaven shall be on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we according to his promise Look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Never is about to arrive. I'm, I'm sure I, I've had this thought and I'm just being a bit transparent. Hope you don't think too much less of me for saying it. But there have been times I have seen some people do some things that the thought has come or said something that was way, way out there. And I have had the thought, Lord, why don't you just vaporize them right now? I'd like to see a demonstration. Just one. I remember one time a good friend of mine, uh, Brian Wiseman. How many of you remember Brian Wiseman? See, some of you do. Brian Wiseman stayed with us for a while in our home and it was such a blessing. And Everywhere Brian went, he would walk up to people and say, Jesus loves you. I mean, didn't know him from anybody. He'd just walk up and say, hey, I want you to know Jesus loves you. And, and it was that way when he lived with us until one night we went to a gas station. And we were getting ready to pay for the gasoline and he was standing next to me and this guy was chewing out this lady who was running the cash register. I mean, he was just rude and his language was poor and finally we we tried to calm him down and get him to leave and when he left I turned to Brian and I said Brian you didn't tell that guy Jesus loves him and he said I don't know if he does (laughs) (laughs) there are some people that are pretty hard to love you know what I mean they make it real hard on you let me tell you this about sin. I know, I know you make fun of my little quotes, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. Let me tell you about sin 
Here's my little quote. Sin always takes you farther than you intended to go and always costs you more than you were willing to pay. Always takes you farther than you were willing to go and always costs you more than you were willing to pay. Never is a stalking spirit. Never is the amen of Satan. Never lives in unforgiveness. Listen to its language. I will never marry again. I will never trust another man or woman as long as I live. I will never forgive them for that. And I could go on and on and on. When you hear the word never, be sure to realize that there's a spirit behind it. A spirit behind it. And never always blames others and never accepts responsibility. Never. One man said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies. And never has another child, and this child is called rebellion. Rebellion. Listen to rebellion speak. I'll never believe in God. I'll never go to church. I'll never serve God. But know this, Philippians 2 and 10 says, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the day that never will arrive. Never wants you to believe that most of the things that we believe, well, they're kind of optional. They don't really matter. It's not significant. It's not mandatory. Maybe you remember Matthew chapter 22 and verse 12, which reads this way. He said unto the man, friend, how is it you came to the wedding without a wedding garment? And the man was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Here's a man that apparently was raptured because he had the spirit. But when he got to heaven, he did not have a garment. People had told him, oh, baptism, that's not necessary. That's optional. But he finds out on the day that never arrives that it is not optional. It is mandatory. Except a man is born of water and spirit. He can't enter into the kingdom of God. We need to stay within the parameters of the word of God. Not with philosophy, tradition, rudiments of this world, or not after Christ. 
If the word of God declares that we must be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our sins, then we must be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our sins or we have no garment. I can't say it any plainer than that. We have no garment. Listen to what 1 Peter 3 and 21 says. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth now also save us. It can't be any clearer than that, folks. It does save us. When somebody says it doesn't save us, the Bible says it does. And listen to what he says after that. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, you know what you're supposed to do Even your conscience is confirming the importance of being baptized in his name, but you're ignoring it. You're setting it aside. You're making it unimportant when it is essential. It is essential. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36. Some people think that, you know, you know, cursing and swearing, that's, it's no big deal. Look at Matthew 12 and 36. Every idle word that a man shall speak, they give an account thereof in the day of judgment. The day of judgment is the day that never arrives. Well, I never thought I was gonna have, I, I, I didn't think I'd have to give an account for my vulgarity my blaspheming of the name of the Lord. I mean, everybody does it. Or most people do it. Or some people do it. Or I know a few folks that do it. That doesn't justify anything. We have to give an account of ourselves, not each other, but account of ourselves to God. And our conscience needs to be clear. And and I'm gonna say this, I'm just gonna throw this in, it's not in my notes, but we make mistakes. But when we make mistakes, we shouldn't cover them up. I mean, if, if you say something you shouldn't have said, you need to stop right where you are and say, hold on a minute now, I need to get this right. I, I misspoke, I said something I shouldn't have said. I wanna be right with God, I'm gonna get this straightened out right now. I'm not gonna justify it with my anger or what somebody else did to me. Can you say amen? So if you make a mistake, don't cover it. Confront it. Admit it. Get it right with God. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Four words. Matthew chapter 7. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in your name? And in your name we've cast out devils, and in your name we've done many wonderful works. And I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. You don't think relationship is important? You think we can be saved by our works? It's our relationship. It's our obedience. 
It's our faithfulness. It's our faith. There's one thing and only one thing that never gets to keep. Fire. Fire is the only thing that never gets to keep. Mark 9 and 43 reads this way. If your hand offend you, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. If your foot offend you, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life Halt into life than to have two feet and be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Fire is the one thing that never gets to keep. And I want to answer another thing that, that may puzzle some people. Do you remember when I read earlier from David and he said, I'm chastened all day long? And it seems like other people, I mean, they can get away with murder. But you, I mean, you misspeak or you have a cross word or you look funny at somebody and you feel guilty about it. That is a good thing. This is Brother Kylie. If you don't like it, throw it away. I think that the Spirit of God is one of the things it is, is a glorified conscience. It's even worse once you receive the Holy Ghost when you do things wrong than before when all you had was a conscience to tell you basically right from wrong. Now if you do something wrong, your heart begins to pound fast, your hands sweat, you're nervous. You're on edge. Why? Because something is wrong and you need to make it right. And God convicts, he does not condemn. But conviction is a good thing. And chastening is a good thing. Because judgment must first begin at the house of God. And if it begins at the house of God, where will the sinner appear? So we're going through our judgment every day every day and you should be glad to be going through your judgment now rather than later so if you feel convicted about something that means Jesus loves you and he's trying to lead you to repentance the last son I'm going to mention today of never is time the third son of never is time. You'll never find time to pray. You'll never find time to teach a home Bible study or a Sunday school class. You'll never find time for the things that God has called you for because you never have the time. Remember this, the way you spend your time will reveal your priorities and the way you spend your money will reveal your values. I'll say it again. The way you spend your time, we all got the same amount of time, but the way we spend our time reveals our priorities, 
And the way we spend money reveals what we value in life. We will give an account of our time, our talents, and our treasures. But let me talk about God and never, too. We've talked about Satan and never and, and his three sons. Let's talk about God because God has some nevers, too. Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said and will he not do it? Or hath he spoken and not will he make it good? He never lies. He never lies. God never changes his mind. Malachi 3 and 6, I am the Lord, I change not. God never changes his word. Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not or never will pass away. Never. God will never forsake the righteous. Psalm 37, 25, I have been young, now I'm old, and I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Never will he forsake the righteous. Never. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 declares, he will never fail. Never. Hebrews 13 and 5 let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The truth of the matter is, there isn't anyone in this room that has ever seen heaven. But it doesn't mean that you never will. Let me read this word of encouragement to you from Revelations 21 and 3. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and he will be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and listen to his nevers. There shall be no more death. Never will another person die. Neither sorrow, never sorrow again. Crying, never crying again. Pain, never again. Because the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. Right, these words are true and they are faithful. You can depend on it. This is the way it's going to be one day. I conclude with this. Never is a stalking spirit. 
It follows you behind, sometimes at closer distances than others, but it stalks you and tells you of what will never happen and what God won't do. Satan is a liar. He's a liar. Just as God can't lie, Satan can't tell the truth. But listen to this. 1 Timothy 5 and 24. Some men's sins are open before, going before them to judgment. That's what I talked about every day. You're being judged. That's good. But look what happens to the other group. And some men, they follow after. I lived my life. I did, did it my way. Frank Sinatra used to sing. Nothing bad ever happened to me. God never vaporized me. I said I did. I, nobody is ever going to tell me what to do. And we'll stand before God and some people will think, well, you know, I'm as good as some and better than most. And God will say, before I speak to you, I want you to turn around and see what has followed you to judgment. And you're going to give an account for all of it. I've never met anyone, myself included, that felt like I, I would have been all right without this newfound faith that I have found. I'm, I'm telling you for myself, I can't speak for you, but I was lost and headed for hell until Jesus came into my life, brought me truth, mercy, grace, opportunity to have a relationship with him that completely changed my life. Some of you might even like me a little bit right now. You wouldn't have back then. I remember my pastor saying it. I told him, I said, you know, Pastor Tamo, I just... I just love you and I love the people of God. And he said, no, you love the God that's in us. Jesus, I pray tonight that you will help us to be aware of the fact that we could be moments away from the rapture. You're coming as a thief in the night. And all that is evil and all that is wrong and all that we wonder when it's going to be brought to judgment, let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us leave that to you because there's coming a day when never will arrive. And we want our city... Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.